Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here at the Bright Red Desk on a beautiful Sunday. Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy the chocolate and the good food today because Wednesday's Lent. Um, and tomorrow's President's Day. And Tuesday is Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we have Lent for 40 days. Of course, 40 is how long Venus is retrograde. So we're supposed to separate from things we love on Lent. And, of course, you know, the 40 days in the desert. We hear a lot of 40-day things. Um, So I always love Lent. You know, it's one of my favorite holidays. Um, I don't know if it's a holiday, but um, it is an opportunity to kind of reflect on things. And, And I've had some really interesting Lents in my life, you know, including one when my dad was a kid. And he made us all have to go to church every day for Lent. That was our Lent. We had a family Lenten resolve. <laughs> and so when it got to a Sunday and he said, you have to go to church twice, I was like, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> like, no. And it was one of my bigger teenage rebellions. Like, I'm not going to church two times on Sunday, even if it is our Lenten resolve. So I always like Lent, and I always like to come up with different things. And I remember one year, I was a big fan of Oprah Winfrey's, right? And she was going to be filming. I still am a big fan of Oprah Winfrey. She's one of my favorite people. And, of course, she's born my year of birth, so I just love her. But at any rate, uh, she was going to film Michael Jackson's Neverland. And I was really, I was like, oh, wow, I really want to see, because I was a big Michael Jackson fan, too. Um, I loved his records. I loved to dance to them. And so Oprah's film being Michael, it's like my dream and, of course, uh, I come home and my cable's out. It was back in the day of VCRs. So I called, like, four friends and left messages. None of them were home. I called Pat and Brian. And I said, Brian, you know, I got Brian. And I said, uh, you know, can you do me a favor and, and record Oprah visiting Neverland? And Brian's like, well, you know, Pat, you know, and Pat usually, she usually is the one that runs the VCR. I'm not, like, really sure if I can do that, but I'll try. I'm like, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much. And so, you know, he films it. And I go to get it, and of course, then all my friends come home and get the voicemail from me saying, can you film Oprah and Markle with Michael Jackson's? And they all called me and gave me a really hard time. And of course, I outed myself as a as an Oprah, Michael Jackson fan, right? So, you know, whatever. And so anyway, I get the tape from Brian, and I put it in the VCR, and it, I'm all excited. You know, it's Michael Jackson at Neverland, and uh, he films soccer, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was like, ah. You know, and then I went, boy, you are really addicted to Oprah. You know, and back at that point, I worked at home. And every day at 4 o'clock, I would tune into Oprah because that was when she was on here in New York. And I went, you are addicted to Oprah. You have to get over this Oprah addiction. And you've heard me muddle on about pasta. And you've heard me muddle on about gluten. Well, it was the same thing with Oprah. This is 1990s, 1993, I think, maybe something like that. Um so at any rate, I unhooked my VCR for Lent because I thought, you are just addicted. I un- unhooked my VCR, unhooked my TV, from the unscrewed it from the back. You know, so you really had to consciously work on screwing it back in to have cable because, you know, I'm in a low building. You need cable here. And 40 days later, I had read all these books. And I went, wow, look at all the stuff I wasn't doing while I was watching TV. And so I kind of like Lent because <laughs> I have good Lenten stories, aside from having to go to church twice. Uh, so when we look at we look at the energy of Lent coming up here on Wednesday, 
And that understanding of Venus retrograde, 40 days, that's how long she's retrograde for. Now, Venus, of course, isn't retrograde, but I always find it really interesting to look at the things you're really interested in and how you work with them. And also, sometimes it's committing to something new, like in my dad's case, making us go to church every day. Um, So I do find this is a really good energy uh, because it is that period of time where we're consciously thinking. And, of course, they say if you do something for 21 days, which, of course, is three moon phases, right, Um, you you have a new habit. 40 days, you really have a new habit. So I would encourage you all to come up with whatever your Lenten resolve is, regardless. I mean, I think I'm ecumenical. Pick a a holiday that you like, what they do. Like, I love Yom Kippur. Um, Like, pick your holiday and kind of go, I'm going to ride on that one. That one sounds like a good one. So this week is Lent. Um, the other thing we're having this week is we're having Mercury stationing to go direct, which he's going to do um, on the 20th. And so as he moves forward, he goes direct and he stops and then he's going to go forward. Uh, he's stopping at 11. And he's going to go forward through his the path he traced. So he's gone one, two, three, January 13th or January 15th. He entered his shadow and then he went retrograde and now he's going to go direct. And we're going to see what he does when he goes direct next week on the 20th. We also have the sun going into Pisces. Ah, it's the last season, last month of winter. And it's in the southern, for our uh, Australian folk, or southern hemisphere folk, it's the last um, month of summer. We're getting ready to go towards the equinox where the sun goes across the equator, which happens in 30 days after the sun goes into Pisces which is going to happen this week. He moseys on into Pisces, and he says, ah, a whole new energy. He goes into Pisces on the 18th of February. So we start that 30 days. And then most importantly this week, we are having the first of three Saturn-Uranus squares. So there's going to be three of them this year. Now this Saturn and Uranus meet up, and it's a 45-year cycle, you know, because we do – Till they meet again. So they last met up in 88. So all the babies that were born in 88 have this. A lot of the people born in 76 have this because this is they have the open. They have the same square. But any everybody, if you have a Saturn Uranus aspect in your chart, this week you're going to have the first of three natal excitations. So natal excitations are always fun. Remember, if you have the planets in a configuration, any kind, but particularly if you have the square, or if you were born in 88, 89, you're going to really feel this. We all are going to think back to what happened in 99, the summer of 99, into the winter of 2000, winter, spring, before we had the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in Taurus in May of 2000. So we're back there. The planets are in the same signs, but reverse. So back then we had friends on TV because Uranus was in Aquarius. And back then we had Saturn in Taurus, so we were putting down and grounding things. Now they've switched positions. Saturn's in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. So they're in the same signs, but they've swapped. So if you go back and look at what happened in the opening square, 99 through 2000, you were making a decision about something in your life And then uh, you are now making another decision about something in your life. Saturn is the structure. Uranus is the change. So the change in structure in terms of how it helps you pursue what you're going to do over the next 20 years. Because remember, Saturn and Jupiter met up in December. 
And, of course, last year was kind of busy with the pandemic. So they were kind of, you know, the, the big guys were kind of turbulating our, turbo, turbocharging our lives, changing things, shifting things. But now Saturn and Jupiter met up. They said, we're starting a new 20-year cycle. And they're saying to us, what do you want to do? And everybody's going, oh, what do I want to do? Do I want to move? Do I want this? Do I want that? And so as Saturn and Uranus change and say, okay, here's the new structure we're coming in. We have the first of three this weekend, this week. On the 17th, it's at seven degrees. Then we have another one on June 14th. And then we have the third one, December 24th. So they're going to meet three times. This one, they're both direct. And they're both going to say, hey, what are we doing? Then they meet. Uh, in June, and they revise the plans. We know this one, two, three. You know, part one, we have this new idea. Two, we revise it. And then when we get to December 24th next year, we have the new final cycle in place, ready to roll, and then it rolls for 20 years. So Saturn, of course, he was hanging out with Jupiter, and I think he kind of thought, well, you know, I went through a lot of change last year. You know, it was a really big year of change. I I don't know. But now he's in Aquarius, so he's kind of like, I think I want a new perspective on life. I think I want something different to think about. And so now he's in Aquarius. And Uranus is saying, Saturn, I know you were really busy last year with with Pluto and Jupiter. But now uh, you want to talk about some change, some change you need. And, of course, it's happening right as we go into Lent. So I gave up TV. I read all these books. Um, I actually ended up not hooking up my TV when Lent was over. And at Christmas that year, (laughs) I can be a little cheap sometimes. I said to the super, hey, you know, I've got a TV. Would you want it? And now Peter was never really a particularly responsive super, but he was up here in five minutes, and he picked up that TV and he rolled it out of the house. And off it went to a new home. And if you've been to my house, you know there's a lot of stuff that sits in a place for a long time before it moves, right? But that Saturn Uranus man, he just moved stuff out. And the TV went off. He had three little boys, and I think, you know, they needed another TV. So it found a new home, and I haven't had a TV since 93. Um, So it's good. It was a change. So this year we're having that change this week as we go into Lent. So I just want to talk to you about if you make a Lenten resolve to change something with this energy, it's going to stay changed because the two of them are working. And, of course, Mercury is, is retrograde, and he's talking to Jupiter, and he's saying, so, like, what do you want to change? And remember, all the planets in the sky, even though the sun is going into Pisces and Mercury's in Aquarius, All the planets are still answering to Saturn all the way through Pisces because um, the traditional rulers do traditional rulers. Sun is in Pisces, answers to Jupiter. Jupiter answers to Saturn. Saturn answers to himself. All the planets are answering to Saturn still for another month. So we are really working on the structures of our vision and our purpose and where we're going and what we're doing and how we're going to get there. And we're really working with understanding how we revise, revisit, redo things, retrograde, how we change the structures, Saturn-Uranus, to get to that next place, whatever it is. And this is our forward motion. This is the first of three. And so forward we go into the fray, and our energy is all about how we get there. And it's a forward motion, full steam ahead. Now I will make a brief comment. Excuse my snuffle there. I've got a little bit of, I'm eating a thieves, which is making my nose run. I should have probably taken it out before the podcast. But at any rate, a brief comment about the impeachment. Um, 
you know, as I mentioned, when we got rid of Donald, and when he was unelected, not elected, um, we aren't done with our Pluto transit for another two years. So Pluto's all about power and bullies and how we work with it. And earlier today, I was talking to a lovely woman who was talking about her Pluto transit and that she'd had a number of them. And how do we work with Pluto? You know, what do we work with Pluto? How do we work with Pluto? And um, and she had had a number of them. And and we were, you know, talking about, I often recommend to people when they're having the power, having the Pluto transit, they're having a power transit, they should pick up the power book by Robert Greene, which lays out the 48 laws of power. And so I said that to her. And she said, oh, I have that book. And it's kind of manipulative. I'm like, oh, totally, because Pluto can be really manipulative. But underneath, what Pluto does when you have a Pluto transit, he comes to you and he goes, you know, you said this was really valuable to you. And you said you were good at this. And and you go, yeah, yeah, I am. And Pluto goes, let me show you what good looks like. And then he takes you on a journey. So we are not done with our Pluto transit. We may not have Donald as the president, but we still have a whole lot of Pluto to work with for another two years. So... As Jamie Raskin said today on Meet the Press, you want to you want to just look at your patriot energy and think about what your vision of your country looks like, and then go work for that. Because we do recognize that sometimes power is not used wisely, and we have to kind of say, you know, like okay, next. And I remember back when I was younger, uh, there was this lovely guy named Rob. And he wanted to date Becky. And Becky was having an affair with this guy in the office who was kind of an idiot. But anyway, Becky was very cute. And Rob really liked Becky. But she was having an affair with this married guy. And, you know, you know how it is with affairs with married guys, right? And so um, Rob had proceeded a little bit in getting Becky's attention. And then the married guy came back. And, you know, because they were all in a sales convention. And what happened when that happened was the tech reps all went out and we had a drinking party one day at the office. So Rob and Becky, you know, he helped her go home and she vomited in the cab and he carried it up and he cleaned it up and all that stuff. He was a good guy. Rob was a really good guy. So, um, and he really liked Becky. (laughs) So then uh, the the married boyfriend comes home and uh, comes back to the office and, of course, likes the married guy. So Rob, we were all sitting there looking at Rob as Becky left with the married guy, and Rob went, I've lost the battle, but I haven't lost the war. And we all went, here's here, and at that point we were drinking margaritas. We toasted Rob. Well, don't you know, Rob ended up enlisting in the Air Force, and he came back to the office in his military uniform, and he basically did Top Gun. Remember Top Gun? Those of you who don't remember, Tom Cruise in that movie comes in and picks her up and carries her off in the military uniform. And he carried Becky off. He came into the office in the military uniform, got down on his knee and proposed, and she said yes, and he picked her up and he carried her out of the office. And all of us who sat there and heard him say, I lost the battle, but I didn't lose the war. We all cheered as he left. So I just want to say to you, we lost the battle, but we haven't lost the war. So forward we go. Forward we go. And that is the energy of this new week. Forward we go. What's your vision? What's the structural change you want to make in your life to get where you go next? And here, here, forward we go. So, um, and anyway, we have two more years of Pluto. (laughs) 
So, you know, gone but not forgotten. That's the way we look at it. So the week energy we're going to talk about um, is uh, this week we are, of course, entering Lent. We have Ash Wednesday. We have Mardi Gras. We have President's Day um, forward. So today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So the moon today is in Aries, uh, and it's in Aries tomorrow, the 15th of President's Day. Maybe you have the day off. I know I'm working. But it goes void on Tuesday, the 16th, at 7.17 p.m. with a sextile to the sun in Aquarius. And then it enters Taurus, Mardi Gras, of course. You've got to have a moon in Taurus on Mardi Gras. It enters Taurus at, 11, at 10, 10, 12 p.m. on the 16th. It's in Taurus on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and it's in Taurus on Thursday, um, the 18th, and it goes void at 2 to 8 a.m. on Friday, and the moon goes void with a trine to Pluto. Again, a, a nice closing aspect. Moon is void from 2.28 in the morning till 11.04 a.m. on Friday morning, and then it, these are all East Coast times, and then it goes into Gemini. And it's in Gemini on Friday afternoon, in evening, all day Saturday the 20th. On the 21st, the moon Sunday the 21st, the moon goes void at 1.39 p.m. And it goes void with a trine to Venus. So all week long, we have nice void moons. Sextile to the sun, trine to Pluto with the moon in Taurus, trine to Pluto in Capricorn. And then sextile to the sun the Gemini Mars sextile to the Venus in Aquarius. Um, Gemini moons, um, trine, sorry, to the moon in Aquarius. Then on uh, Sunday the um, 21st, the moon goes into Cancer at 10.53 p.m. It's in Cancer on Monday and on Tuesday at 11.54. It goes void, 11.54 p.m. on Tuesday the 23rd. It goes void with an opposition to Capricorn. So that's going to be a little tough next Monday and Tuesday, the 22nd and the 23rd. But this week, great moons, great moons. As I mentioned, um, Mercury stations to go direct, and he happens to do that on the 20th, and he stations at 1101. Um, uh, the degree at 1101, he stations on at night at 7.51 p.m. on the 20th. And then, as I mentioned, the sun goes into Pisces on the 18th at 5.43 in the morning. So enters zero degrees Pisces and zips along. Um, we also have um, some other nice energy this week of, you know, the, just the energy in general is easy. And then the Uranus-Saturn square, of course, uh, takes place on February 17th on Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday, Unhook your TV or whatever you're going to do for Ash Wednesday. That takes place at 2.08 p.m. at 7 degrees of Aquarius Taurus, 7 degrees 13 minutes. So if you have stuff at that, and that's the first of three. So we have the first one then, and then we have one in June, then we have one in December. So you're going to look at the structure Saturn and say, Uranus, how am I changing them? And, of course, Mercury's retrograde, so you're revising, revisiting, thinking about how you're going to change them. And Mercury's kind of in the in the mix there. He's close. He's at 11. So he's not quite where they are, but he's stationing where one of the other squares is going to take place, right? So we're, we're getting a vision of our future this week. So it's real important to kind of go, oh, okay, that's what I'm – that's where I'm doing. And remember – 
this is the battle, not the war. Next phase, next chapter, new beginnings. Of course, Saturn, of course, had pulled, he hung up with Jupiter in December, and he was like, oh, it was so much fun, Jupiter. We're off on our road trip. And Jupiter's kind of pulled away from Saturn a little bit. Um, and he's kind of pulled off, which is okay. That's He goes a little faster than Saturn. He meets him every 20 years. Um, and Saturn's like, bye, Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> and Mercury's going back, and he's going to wave to Saturn. He's not going to get quite to Saturn, but he's going back to 11. He's going to wave at Saturn at 7, and he's going to say to Saturn, you know, you're gonna, about to have some really big changes. It'll be good. It'll be good. Watch for the changes, Saturn square Uranus. So watch for the changes on the 11th. You may feel them coming in because Uranus sometimes is a little ahead of time, but really, truly, usually an exact square. So we watch that exact square and we go, okay, think back to 99, summer, fall, 99, winter of 2000, what you were, the changes you were making leading into the May of 2000 conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter in Taurus, at 23 Taurus. Now I know in my world, that was Y2K. I know we all remember Y2K. The computers were all going to crash. We were all going to fall to death. We're all going to fall. You know, and I have to say, people went, like, nothing happened. I'm like, it's because every IT person for months, we worked for months to make sure nothing happened, fixing all these things and getting them ready for shifting to 2000. So we worked Saturn Square Uranus. We changed every computer. I I took out systems that were 28 years. Oh, wow, that's a Saturn number. I replaced Uranus computer systems that were 28 years old, legacy systems that had been running for 28 years in the business units. We changed them all. So it, it, Uranus square Saturn, that's the energy of change, gets you in position for what the new life's going to be December 24th. So this initiating energy we had in December, you're going to have the hint, 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 whisper, whisper, whisper. Don't you want to do this? Because Saturn's like, you know, I think I might want to. So it's a really important week. And it also is a re week of review, right? So when I went back and looked at Brian's video, I was all excited I had the interview. Back then they didn't have YouTube, man. You didn't tape it. You didn't see it. And it was soccer. <laughs> it was like soccer. And I was furious. I was furious. And then I was like, Ann, you are addicted to Oprah. Got to stop, girl. I mean, I'm still addicted to Oprah. I still love her, but not quite the same as watching her every day. At four. I had to be home at 4 o'clock to watch her. Um, and so you want to kind of watch what pops for you this week where you go, oh, wow, oh, wow. And that energy, real important to pay attention to because that's the space you're changing now that, you know, because Saturn kind of rolled out of Capricorn, he was kind of beaten up last year a lot. You know, government, authorities, you know, all this brouhaha about stuff. Um, that energy, he's now rolled into Aquarius, and he's like, all right, all right, let me, let me figure out what my new structure is going to be and why, right? And then when Mercury goes direct this week, we get a new vision of it because he goes over it a third time. And he goes, all right, now what are we going to do? So it's really interesting generating, you know, kind of watch the swirling energy. It, it, and understand it's coming up for you to look at. Mercury retrograde is old people returning, inviting you back to review with them. I had one, one client wrote me, I've had four exes contact me. They want to talk to me. I'm like, do you want to talk to them? If you don't want to talk to them, you don't have to. 
just because they want, but, you know, think about the relationship. But you don't have to call them and talk to them if you don't want to. That's the energy of that square. So um, this week, the sun is running from 27 um, uh, Aquarius, and he is 26 Aquarius right now. He's zooming along into Pisces where he goes happy, happy. Um, He has an energy for him of uh, uh, aspect to the nodes of fate on the 17th, a quintile, which is kind of an aha moment. And then he wants to partner with somebody on the 17th. There's a lot of partnering invitation energy on the 17th. During that square, what are you going to partner with? Uh, And he makes a commitment at the end of the week on the 19th, 19th, 20th. But he enters Pisces on the 18th for 30 days in winter. In um, or 30 days of the last part of winter or the last part of summer from our, our Australian friends. Then Mercury, of course, is retrograde, going from 13 uh, Aquarius backwards, stopping at 11:35, and then or stopping at 11:01, and then going forward. So he basically is going backwards to 11, and then he gets to 11:04 by the end of the week. So Mercury, of course, has a meeting up with Jupiter, his second of three. On today, Valentine's Day, Jupiter today, this afternoon, and then he goes backwards and he gets to Venus um, and and has a nice conversation with her on the 19th, stations on the 20th, and remember the three days around it, a good time to back up your computer, good time to kind of watch for those things, and then he stations to go direct and then he comes third back through again. Um, So he's kind of slow this week, so communications are particularly important. Venus this week is going from 16 Aquarius to 28 Aquarius, so she's really zipping along. And she's tracking and making the same aspects that the sun made um, a, you know, a last, the last few weeks. He was at 20, you know, what she, what she, what the last couple of weeks the sun was rolling through where Venus is this time. So she's going to have a, a good aspect to the note of fate on the 15th, a good invitation to move forward, new partnership, new relationship. She's got an energy to Neptune, which gives us her a little bit of an adjusting energy. She might feel a little bit blindsided by Neptune, something she didn't see on the 17th. But once she sees it, you can't unsee it. She's cranky, 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 has a big old fight with Mars on the 19th. It's a good fight day. Mars is in Taurus. Venus is in Aquarius. She says to Mars, why can't you see this? Mars goes, Venus, stop, stop. You know, this is how it is sometimes. Slow and steady wins the race. Remember, Mars and Taurus is the plow. We are in the year of the oxen this year, so we're working slow and steady. It's a very yin year. Like, what is it we're bringing in and creating? Wow, what fields are we plowing? After she has her fight with Mars on the 19th, uh, she goes and has her sextile to Eris on the 20th. Now, remember, Venus and Eris, when they get together... Hmm. Eris, of course, is the goddess of discord, and she's in Aries at 23, and Venus is in Aquarius. So Venus is going to come up with a plan because she's pretty irritated with Mars, or she's pretty irritated, period. So you want to pay attention to what Venus does. Because remember, last week the sun said this to you, and you were doing whatever you were doing, and you saw it, and you got it. But Venus in Aquarius, she's like, hmm, Not happy. Not happy at all. Not happy at all. Remember, she is a morning star right now. She rises before the sun. She's in her fire energy mode. And, you know, the Aztecs used to watch when she was in fire mode that there could be a little bit of a war. There could be some fighting. So Venus is fiery. She's also detached because she's an Aquarius. So she's detached fighting. 
So always interesting to watch. But with her conjunction square to Mars and her her sextile to Eris, we can anticipate a little scrappy bit from Venus, the 19th and the 20th. Uh, Then she meets up with Pallas Athena on the 21st. And this kind of reminds me of, this is where I was telling you the Rob and Becky and married guy story. This is when Rob said to us, I may have lost that battle, but I'm going to win the war. And damned if he didn't carry her out, kind of like Tom Cruise carries Deborah Winger out at the end of Top Gun in his white uniform and sweeps her out. And then they subsequently got married. He was, I think he was at the Air Force Base in Florida. And they got married under swords. You know how they do that thing? They all stand there and they hold the swords and you come out under the swords. It was very cool. Um, and she had a beautiful wedding gown. We went to fine, Feinstein's, I think it is, in Brooklyn, and find gold, find something in Brooklyn and got her wedding. She had a beautiful wedding gown. Uh, but yeah, she married Rob. Uh, so win the battle, lose the war, <laughs> February 21st, strategic approach. And then, of course, she has a, a, a really interesting aspect to Pluto and, and Uranus on the 22nd and 23rd, which may be she's just not going to play that way. She's going to shift how she plays. Mars this week is in a semi-sextile to Eris, so she's a little, Mars is a little mad too. Uh, Venus is working with Eris, but Mars is not, so the feminine is annoyed. Always interesting when the feminine is annoyed. And then, of course, we talked about the Saturn-Uranus meeting up at 7. That's on February 17th. A lot of opportunity to change house and home, revise your health, revise your plans with Uranus on uh, Vesta, you know, changing the house energy. And then, of course, Pallas Athena sextiles um, Eris on February 16th. So she kind of is a little forewarned what's coming. And Vesta is changing your home energy on February 23rd. Vesta aspects the nodes of fate and says, pick a change, pick a change, time to change stuff. And then um, Ceres, of course, enters Aries. Uh, she's been in Pisces, kind of dreamy, kind of drifty. She enters Aries, and she gets a little fierce on February 21st, where she's going to be in Aries going, okay, this is what we're doing. Time to roll. So there's a lot of really interesting energy in the heavens. Bit of swirly, bit of topsy-turvy, planets stationing, changing their minds. The first square of three, remember this is part one, this introduces you to the story. It's not the story, but it introduces it to you, and that's going to happen on the 17th. And I just want to wish you a really good week. And remember, we have lost the battle, but we're not going to lose the war. We're going to take a strategic approach. We still have two more years with our Pluto return for the United States. And um, off we go into the week and into the new energy and uh, Lent, your Lenten resolve, whatever it is. And Mardi Gras, of course, party down while that moon's in Taurus. So good moons this week for getting things done, launched out in the world. So Ann Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk, wishing you a great week and a lovely uh, whatever. I'm going to go make a lovely little meal for myself uh, for Valentine's Day. And I'm going to hang out with the cat. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye.